Hello, this is Cody Sturgill, the pastor at Chilhowee Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily broadcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so important we put God's Word into our hearts and our lives, and we pray that this message from God's Word will be a blessing and help to you. 25. The house of Joseph, the family of Joseph, the Bible says that he uh, showed them the entrance into the city. They smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let go the man and all of his family, the nation, the people that were leading the tribe of Joseph. You know what they did? They met this guy, and they really liked him. He was special. It was their special sin. And, you know, it's just one. And they said, let's just let this one go. How many of you, God has convicted you of sin, and you've just kind of let it go? That's what they did. They just let it go. And the nation of Joshua, of Joseph, they just let it go. Verse 27, the Bible says, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean. In verse number 28, the Bible says, It came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. You know what they did? You know what the... What, the uh, the nation of Israel did with the Canaanites. They said, there's no sense in destroying the sin if we can make a little money on it. You know? They saw, they saw profit. The nation of Israel said, hmm, we can make a little money on this. I wonder how many times we've excused and made excuse for our sin because it has some profit margin. I'll just tell you something. That no matter what you make out of that sin, it's not worth it. And this nation, the nation of Israel, would testify, and the whole book of Judges testifies to the fact that it does not pay to live in rebellion to God. But that's what they did. They excused their sin because, hey, look, we can put the Canaanites to tribute, and they can pay, and they can help pad our pocketbooks. The Bible says in verse number 30, Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of the Kitron. Verse 31, neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acho. Verse number 33, neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh. Do you see the point? What happened? Why did they continue in the cycle? Why did the nation of Israel not make any progress for God and His glory? Why? Because they would not utterly destroy the enemy. They only partially destroyed the enemy. They made excuses for themselves the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 2, the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down this, their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Where did it all start? Why did the progress from Joshua stop? In the book of Judges, because the people did not utterly destroy the enemy. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit of God has put in your heart, in your mind right now, that is the very thing that is keeping you from moving forward for God and His glory. Is it pride? Is it rebellion? Is it, you tell me, what is it? Actually, you tell God. And give it to him and forsake it and confess it because it is that sin that is keeping you from moving forward for God and his glory. It is that sin that's keeping you from having rest in your soul. It is that sin that is keeping you from having a life that is pleasing to the Lord and productive 
around, among the people around you. You see, the nation of Israel, they had sin. They did not utterly destroy the enemy, and because of that, they were stopped dead in their tracks. You see, the beginning of the cycle is partial removal of the enemy. Number two, the judgment of the cycle we find in the next verse. You know, sin has a penalty, does it not? Sin has consequences. And here's the consequences, the judgment of the cycle. The Bible says in verse number three, Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you. The first thing that happened, the first consequence of harboring sin was they lost their power. What was it that knocked down the walls of Jericho? The strategic steps of the armies of Israel? No, God. What was it that gave them victory? It was the power of God. It was the miraculous, mighty working of God. And I'll have you know, son, if you're going to have victory in this life, you better have the power of God on your life, and you better rest in what God can do and not what you can do. How many of you want to face this week without God? I don't. But you know we face the week without God when we live in rebellion to his guidance and his love? How many of you want to make all the decisions that affect you and your family and your future tomorrow without God? Well, I'll just tell you, you are. If you're living in rebellion to God, if you're living in sin, and you're allowing sin to reign in your life, whatever that sin may be, big or little or small or profitable or understandable or difficult, whatever it may be, that sin is what is keeping you from having the power of God. God sends a message from heaven, Israel! I will not drive them out before you. What did they do? They lost the power of God. Then look what the Bible says in verse number 3. I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides. What, what, was, the, what was the penalty? God says, now look, you harbor sin, you live in rebellion. That rebellion, that thing, whatever it is, it's going to be like a thorn in your side. I like to hunt, I like to be out, but I hate thorns. I hate rose bushes. What president was it? His wife got us all purified and sent them roses around here. I've heard those that ladybird just be talked about pretty rough out in fields before. Those thorns are rough, aren't they? And you go out and and I, I'm a big guy. I'm determined. But there's no. There's been lots of times I've been trucking my way through the woods going after something I want, and a thorn bush has caught me in the side. There's a real tender spot about right there. You know what it is. And when that thorn catches you, as determined as I am to get where I'm going, when that thorn gets in my side, guess what I do? I stop cold. <gasps> I stop. And the Bible says that your sin is like a thorn in your side. All forward progress stops because your sin is a thorn in your side. As a matter of fact, how do you get a thorn out? Are thorns shaped like this or like this? They got a little curve in them, right? You know, when you get a thorn in your side, if you just keep moving forward, it'll just come right out. It might come out, but it'll leave a blood trail, I'm telling you. You get stuck in a thorn. Guess what happened? That thing sticks you in the side. What do you have to do to get it out? You have to back up. 
What does what sin do? God gives us a perfect picture of what the consequences of sin is. It's like a thorn in your side. Not only will it stop all forward progress, but it'll cause you to back up and lose ground. You're losing ground, husband, in your home because of the sin that is in your life. You're losing ground, wife, in your home because of the sin that's in your home. Teenagers, you're losing ground. You're not going forward for Christ. You're backing up because of the sin. How many of you want to waste your lives? Oh, I woke up this morning. I can't wait to waste my life. But I'll have you know something. If you allow sin as a child of God to have, a, have its place and you live in rebellion to God, you are in the process of wasting your life. And your enemy, your sin is like a thorn in your side. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. What's the judgment of the cycle of sin? You lose your power. Your enemies become a, a thorn. Look what the Bible says in verse 3. They shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it shall come to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. I just want to say this. I could say 50 things from those two verses. I want to say this. Your sin causes great sorrow. Oh, how many mothers have I talked to whose sons have broken their hearts? How many wives have we talked to whose husbands have broken their hearts? How many husbands have we talked to whose wives have... You see the point? Sin causes great sorrow. And you may not have control over the sorrow that others have allowed to come into your life, but I will say this, with God's help, you have the ability to prevent causing that same grief on other people. So what does sin do? It causes great sorrow. It'll cause sorrow to you. It'll cause sorrow to the people around you. May God help us to stay away from sin and stay out of the cycle. The third thing is this, the end of the cycle. This is probably the saddest of them all. The Bible says in verse number 7, The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. There's a group of people after Joshua who followed in his footsteps, and God helped them, and they did pretty good, including the elders. Verse number 10. Also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. That generation died. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. What happened? There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. I'll just have you know, we're taught in our society, and it's sinful. We're taught in our society to think about yourself. Do what's best for you. Live for you. Live for today. Seize the day. And I wake up every morning wanting to get the most out of a day. But I'm afraid the world's philosophy teaches us that all that really matters and all that really should matter to you is you. Well, that's no way to live. That's no way to live. I kind of like the sacred honor of our founders, the founders of our great country. What'd they do? They staked their lives and their fortunes to found something that would matter and something that their children and their children's children and their children's children's children could enjoy. And I'll just tell you right now, I'm proud to be an American. And I'm thankful for some people years ago who said, hey, I'll look ahead 
and I'll do what's right because I want to be a blessing to generations to come. That's the spirit of a Christian. Hey, I'm thankful for folks through the years, long before Cody Sturgill ever discovered America, who were doing the right thing so that I could have a place to worship, a place to preach, a place to serve. I'm thankful for that. And I'll just tell you something, I don't want it to stop with me. And I long for that spirit, that determination from the men and women of our church and the young people in our church that says, you know what? I'm going to live for God because it's right, but I'm also going to live for God because I want the next generation to benefit from the obedience and the faithfulness of me, my family, my church. That's the spirit. You see, the penalty of disobeying the Lord was a generation that rose up and did not know the Lord. Folks, there's never been a time greater or more important for Christian people like us, the Sunday night crowd at Chilhowee Baptist Church, to say, you know what? There is a sin in my life. There is a sin that I've excused. There is a sin that I've petted. There is something that I've been disobedient to the Lord, and I've been living my life in this cycle of sin. A lot of ups and downs, but no forward motion. And with God's help, I don't want to be that Christian. With God's help, I want to be a Joshua Christian and move from victory to victory, trusting in the Lord, living for the Lord. Is it going to be perfect every time? No. But if you have sin in your heart and your life, that you are excusing and you're allowing to rule and reign in the place of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, I want you to know something. You've lost the power of God. You've lost the opportunity to move forward for God. And the next generation will suffer. May God help us. May God help us to forsake our sin and live for God and say, Lord, with your help, I want to be the kind of Christian who generations to come will be able to enjoy the glories of God because we have been obedient. May God help us to stop the cycle, continue in faith, and see God's blessing in the days that are ahead. Let's pray. We trust this message from God's Word has been a help to you. We're studying through the people of the Bible. And I want to let you know of a resource we have available at Chilhowee Baptist Church. It is a sermon series on the people of the Bible. Volume 1, the first 13 sermons of this series are available in full length. You can get those by reaching out to us at chillhowiebaptist.com.